Your strengths are your God-given talents, and you're more likely to achieve near-perfect execution when you focus on your strengths as opposed to trying to develop your weaknesses. Welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast with me, Olive Kashara. Today we are focusing on strengths, and what do we mean by strengths? Your strengths are those things that make you stand out, those things that make you distinctive, that sort of are unique specifically to you. And why are strengths important? Strengths are one of the key components or building blocks of your personal brand. We discussed this at length, well not really at length, we discussed it briefly in episode 2 of the Personal Branding Podcast. If you haven't watched it, please go back and look for it, where we unpacked what the main elements of personal branding are. As we focus on brand distinctiveness, we shall highlight on why it's important to focus on your strengths, what you can do to discover what your strengths are, and how you can use your strengths to actually make you stand out, as I like to say, head and shoulders above the crowd. So the first place to start is how to figure out what your strengths are or figuring out what your strengths are. And there's very many ways you can do that. The first thing you should look at is your talents. You know, there's those things that you're just naturally good at. Um, For example, Olive thinks that she's a little bit of a good public speaker or communicator. Somebody else cannot speak in front of the camera even if they were were paid. And did you actually know, fun fact, that um, speaking in front of or public speaking is one of the biggest fears people have after death. I actually don't know why people fear death, but anyway, apparently public speaking is very life-threatening to people, but to others it comes naturally to them. That means it can it can come across as a strength. Does that make sense? For other people, you could be a numbers person, another person can be really good at organizing, another person can be really good at sports, another person can be a great singer. So there's those talents that you're just generally naturally good at. That's always a great place to start to try and figure out what your strengths are. If you think you do not have a talent, because more often than not, people associate talents with more of the creative industry or sports, things that require physical exertion. So if you're working in an office, you could be sitting there thinking, but Olive, I don't really have any talents. There are certain tools that you can use to discover what your innate strengths are. Once you discover your strengths, what next? Like I said, your strengths are your God-given talents, and you're more likely to achieve near-perfect execution when you focus on your strengths as opposed to trying to develop your weaknesses. What does that mean? When we were in school or when we were younger, we were taught to be good at everything, right? You have to be good at geography, you have to be good at math, you have to be good at sciences, you have to be good at arts. And if you're not good at them, you have to revise, you have to get a private tutor. And they want you to be, they is the, our elders, our then elders, right? want you to be good at absolutely everything. And then your mean score is one that's going to determine how successful you are, right? Now, I'd like us to unlearn what we were taught in school and learn instead on focusing on our strengths. Because being your naturally given talents, it's easier and you find that you're more likely to shine when you focus on your strengths as opposed to trying to develop your weaknesses. You'll even find that you have more fun and you feel more fulfilled. Now, does this mean that you ignore your weaknesses altogether? Not necessarily, but we shall touch on that in a little bit. What we want you to do is once you discover what your strengths are, and whether you use the tools that we've given you or if you just need to sit and do a bit of introversion, Find ways you can really develop on those particular strengths so that you can be able to deliver at 100, 150% more often than not, as opposed to trying to develop on these weaknesses or these things that you're not good at, and you're only delivering at a random 50% and you're feeling drained and you're feeling tired. Now, why is it important to focus on your strengths as opposed to trying to develop your weaknesses? Research has shown that 70% of people feel like they do not do what they do best or what they can do best in the workplace. 
because employees or employers are not focusing on trying to maximize on their employees strengths they are instead trying to get people to do whatever it is that they have been told to do as an entrepreneur and as an employer myself i've actually found that i get more out of people when i put them in areas that play on their strengths as opposed to forcing people to do things that they are not good at because you need someone to do it i have found that i would rather find somebody else who is naturally good at that particular skill and move said person from one department to another where they can be able to thrive because they're focusing on their strengths. If you're a creative or an entrepreneur and you work for yourself and you know what your strengths are, then how you position yourself within your business or even in front of your clients should be in a way that showcases your strengths and that highlights your strengths and that plays on those things that you're naturally good at. Then you'll find that you actually become more fulfilled and your, your work is easier further down the road or in the long term. As an employer or a team leader, one of the most important things you can and should do is discover what the strengths of the people within your organization or within your team are so that you can put them in positions where they actually play on their strengths as opposed to putting them in places where they're not really good at that particular task or role that you've given them and they stop and they end up struggling. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. I'll give you an example. If you're a marketing manager within your organization or you run an advertising agency, you require a team that is full of creatives and full of people people. Does that make sense? Same thing of um, if you're in sales, you require people who have great communication skills and who are outgoing, um, who are extroverts to some extent. You don't have to be an extrovert to be a good salesperson. I digress, but you know, it kind of helps. So if you have someone within your team who is very closed, very shy, likes to keep to themselves, um, is not particularly outspoken, you'll find that they struggle within the creative or the pe peopling, I like the word peopling, part of their role. So what you would then do is don't get rid of them altogether, but maybe put them in a role that's a bit more back office where they can be able to, you know, put their heads down and work in front of their computers. And they'll be able, you'll find that they will end up shining more in that role than when you try and push them in crowds and force them to go for cocktails and force them to go for client pitches, etc. Just think, all developers, for example, I like using the example of developers because they tend to be very extreme, but all developers, for example, have this innate introversion about them, right? But when they're in front of their computers, they can sit there and they can tunnel vision and focus for hours and hours on end. Other type of creatives, like marketers and communicators, it's like we have ADHD. We cannot sit and stare at a screen for more than two hours without getting distracted. In fact, I'm the worst. When I'm in front of my computer trying to do some work, then a text comes in. Whatever it was that I was doing, gone, gone, gone. I'm now onto the matter that was that text. And then before you finish responding to what was in that text, someone has walked into your office to ask you for something else. And you're onto that. But then try and do that to the developers within our office. They'll be like, no, talk to me in three hours. I'm focusing on this and I'm doing nothing else right so that kind of shows how different our personalities are but then by letting the people who can really focus tunnel vision and hone in on one particular task at a time by letting them do that they shine i have a girl that works for me i shall not mention her name if you tell her to do one thing and one thing only she'll probably lose her mind but tell her to do 20 things at the same time She'll be thriving like there's no tomorrow. So that's what I mean by identify what the strengths are of the people within your organization or the people within your team and give them roles that will help them shine as opposed to trying to force them to fit within the mold that you have created for them. Research has shown, and I'm very big on research, that people who focus on their strengths are six times more likely to stay engaged at work than people who are not. So if there's no other reason to look at your team and try and 
um, rejig them and make sure that they actually sit within roles and departments that will make them shine, let that be one of them. And on top of that, I'm sure we've all heard of the phenomenon of quiet quitting, right? What is quiet quitting? Quiet quitting is when people show up to work just for the sake of showing up to work. This is a thing that came up a lot, especially amongst Gen Zs and Zillennials. Zillennials are those ones who are like between Gen Z and Millennial. Too young to, for us to accept them to be as Millennials, but at the same time, too old to be actual Gen Zs, right? So anyway, especially amongst Gen Zs and Zillennials and a bit of Millennials, around after COVID, people went back to work. I think they had realized that this working from home thing actually works. I'm more fulfilled. I'm delivering more. I am more productive. I'm, I suddenly have work-life balance. I like this. Now I'm being forced to go into the office. Why? Right? Quiet quitting is a phenomenon where people will just show up to work for the sake of showing up to work so they can get their paycheck, do the bare minimum. And there's nothing as bad, especially for me as an employer as well, to have people in the office who are just doing the bare minimum, right? So they can get their paychecks, literally clock in, clock out. They're probably on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. No one is on Facebook anymore. Anyway, they're probably on Instagram and TikTok watching Olive Gashara's podcast as opposed to doing the work that they're supposed to be doing, right? A lot of people have been struggling to figure out how they can curb quiet quitting within their organizations, how they can be able to um, make their employees feel more enthusiastic about their jobs and helping your employees focus on their strengths so that you can keep them more engaged is one of the easiest ways to curb quiet quitting. If you find someone within your organization who's doing the bare minimum, what you need to do is stop, reassess what they're doing, what their roles are, have a conversation with them and ask them if they feel fulfilled. They'll probably say no. Ask them what they'd like to do. And if there's an opportunity to move them or move them within the department or even change their, the tasks that are attributed to them, do that and let's see if that will improve or increase their engagement and their productivity as well. Because we are all happier and all feel more fulfilled when we focus on our strengths. I personally think that this is why the gig economy is thriving because within the gig economy you get paid for the work that you deliver right and you choose what work you want to do even like for example if you look at the crew behind here that's helping me produce this podcast they're being paid for the podcast that they're producing and what do they love doing I'm guessing that they love production work right and because they love production work they're really good at it and they spend most of their time researching how to become better producers researching what the trends in, pod, in podcast and youtube production are so to speak and as such they will hone their skills so they not only stay relevant but they stay competitive within their industry to get more gigs make sense so why should we focus on our strengths i think it's very clear by now but i'll just outline three basic reasons one, we get more fulfillment and satisfaction in what we do. Win, and winning is so important, right? Like I said, your strengths are God-given talents, right? And you're more likely to achieve near-perfect what? Execution when you focus on your strengths. Meaning that when you're doing things that you're naturally good at, you're more likely to be winning at them. And when you're winning at things, you get more confidence to even do more. When you do one small thing and you do it well, what happens? You want to do five more things and do them well. So it helps you win. It helps you feel better about yourself. It gives you more confidence. It gives you more self-assurance as well. And three, it's more exciting and fun. Pretty much. And I think life is too short to do boring stuff. We are of the generation now where we have refused to do things for the sake of doing them, right? If, if we do not feel personally fulfilled, if we do not feel like we're adding value to the society or to the community around us, if we do not feel like it is helping us win as individuals, you know, all those things that help us as individuals. And the only way you can get to the point of 
feeling personally fulfilled is by figuring out what your strengths are, developing those strengths and highlighting on them so that you can also make more money. And at some point, we shall talk about how you can be able to monetize your personal brand. So do stay tuned to this personal branding podcast. As we focus on our strengths, it's also important to manage our weaknesses. So yes, I did say at the beginning that forget about your weaknesses. They're not important. They're irrelevant. Focus on your strengths instead. But it's important to know what your weaknesses are First of all, just to be aware of them and also to ensure that they are not detrimental. For example, if your weakness is something like basic communication, right? We all need an element or an essence of basic communication skills so that we can be able to thrive in our careers, so that we can be able to thrive as individuals, so that we can be able to thrive in society. So if your weaknesses are something damning or detrimental, then it's important to identify what those detrimental weaknesses are and find tools, resources, or things that can help you develop those particular weaknesses. For example, one of my personal weaknesses, which I thought was pretty detrimental, was my empathy scale is not particularly high. And every psychometric test I do tells me the same thing. And the type of person who, within my organization, if somebody says, oh, I can't come to work because I'm not feeling well, my knee-jerk reaction will not be, are you okay? What's wrong? Do you need support? My my knee-jerk reaction will be, okay. But we have a shoot today. So if you're not coming, who's going to do the things that you're supposed to be doing? Completely unempathetic, right? Which is a very bad trait to have as a leader. So because I was aware of that, I first, awareness is very important, started catching myself when I'm not responding in a warmer way to the people around me. And I started learning or reading a bit more on empathy, how to develop empathy, how to become a bit more empathetic, and how to sort of put yourself in other people's shoes. Because I was aware that if I do not develop that one thing or that one character trait, it could be detrimental, right? So do not ignore your weaknesses altogether. Find out those two or three things that you know could impact your career or could impact your business and try and develop those. However, if your weaknesses are something that can be complemented by somebody else, this is why we work in teams, then forget that and find somebody to compliment you. In fact, back onto empathy. One of the things that I started doing to complement my, I don't want to say lack of empathy, but my weak empathetic skills, I think that's a more diplomatic way to put it, was by ensuring that I had one or two people who worked very close to me who had who were very high in empathy so they could see things that I don't see. If, for example, you run a business and you're not a numbers person, and we all know numbers are extremely important in business, then what you want to do is Make sure that your business partner or hire an accountant who is very good at numbers, who is very good at projections, who is very good at, you know, balancing books, so that that doesn't become a stressor for you. And I know very many people do not like numbers. So it's always that thing where when you have to do it, you, you don't even feel like waking up in the morning. You're like, oh, what are we doing today? Today we have to do account stuff. Boring. You're like, how long? This is going to be such a long day. So as opposed to putting yourself through that stress, find someone who's good at it and let them do that for you. This is why, again, we work in teams. Sometimes we also find ourselves um, catapulted into the limelight or into leadership positions because we are very good at the work that we do, right? But then you find, for example, and this has happened to me many times, where I'm met with um, someone in a leadership position, so this could be a manager or a CEO of an organization with terrible communication skills and a complete introvert. But here they are, they have gotten to the top of the ladder because they're really good at their jobs. 
and communication or their lack of communication skills or rather their lack of adequate communication skills could become a hindrance to their further career progression and to the development of the organization. So what do we do? That then becomes a weakness that has to be developed and every weakness can be developed, right? What we just don't want to do is to spend so much time developing on all our weaknesses that can be hard and difficult and painful and uninteresting and focus instead on our strengths. But in that particular case where you're in a leadership position, your communication skills are not up to par, then it makes sense to stop and develop those communication skills so that you can become a well-rounded leader and you can represent your organization to the best of your ability. What does all of this have to do with personal branding? Discovering your strengths helps you become more distinctive. Discovering your strengths helps you identify the elements about you that will make you stand out, once again, head and shoulders above the crowd. Now, we talked about talents, we talked about strengths. Your strengths are your God-given talents. But with talents, once you discover what your talents are or if you know what your talents are, you also have to invest in them. And investment means taking extra courses. It means practicing if it's something that's sporty or more creative. It means putting in the time and the energy and the effort to get to that near-perfect execution. It doesn't just come naturally. So that you can literally become the best version of yourself and so that you can deliver at 150% over and over again. Remember, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So if you're sitting on your couch watching this podcast and looking at the, and watching the world pass you by as you see people who are not particularly good at what they're doing shining and you know that you can do it better but you're not doing it and you're wondering why they're shining and you're not, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Feel free to engage with me in the comment section, ask questions if there's something that you're not clear about, if you're still trying to figure out what your strengths are, if you have a weakness that you know is very detrimental but you don't know how to develop it, ask me or engage with me in the comment section and also don't forget to share, share, share with your friends, with your peoples, with your colleagues, with your clients so that all of us can become the best versions of ourselves.